when you let the blood of Jesus grow cold upon your hands and upon your heart, you lose touch with the love that was intended to flow through you in that sacrifice. See, the cross wasn't just once and for all, meaning, oh, it just stays there. The blood of Jesus can remain fresh upon your heart all the days of your life. You are listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. stand up hand on your heart come on turn your attention to the Lord and sing with me I've got the joy 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 down in my heart where down in my heart where down in my heart I've got the joy 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 down in my heart down in my heart to stay Cause I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. <laughs> and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Yay. You can be seated. <laughs> He's so good. Yes. He's so good. He's so good. Exodus 29:39. Okay, so this was a commandment and instruction to the Levites. So they were in the tabernacle, they were in the tent. God said, "Hey, here's the protocol, here's the system, here's the plan. If you're going to be on my team, you're going to be my family, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening. And there would be a bronze altar that they would sacrifice that lamb upon." Okay, so before we just blow past this scripture and have no heart connection to this at all, if I were to walk a lamb in here, little cute little, <laughs> just walk him in here and be like, all right, guys, it's time to perform the ritual duty. We're going to slaughter this lamb. What goes on in your heart this morning? Just imagine this morning, we take a lamb before you. I move this podium. Get my knife out, a little startled. You'd be startled if your professor just started butchering a lamb, like a savage. You would feel something, would you not? Come on, you'd be numb to that if I just butchered a lamb in front of you? You would, you would go around, you'd be like, uh, Lalek, listen, we gotta talk. <laughs> go along, this guy's not right. So there's some sort of visceral, emotional response to seeing a living being lose its life. And this is a lamb. This is a, a, an animal that is copious, that is plentiful, that you kill that lamb and there will be thousands and thousands and thousands more. That's not the only lamb. There's lamb slaughtered every day. I love lamb. love eating lamb. Cows slaughtered every day. You don't even think about it. Just plow the burger. Some of you not. You're vegan. Yeah. That's okay. And so I'm reading this, minding my own business, and I'm, and I'm reading that, and, and the Lord just like, 
When you read the Bible and God stops you, stop. Don't, you're on a reading plan, I'm on a reading plan. Stop. If he stops you, stop. This is Bible reading 101. If God stops you, stop. I was reading this, going through, I like to just read through sometimes, just Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, just, I love it. It's like bread. So good. And I, and I see this one lamb in the morning, one lamb in the evening, and it's like I hear, it's like I'm there automatically at these two moments. And I just see, and then I'm like, I'm watching this Levite slaughter these lambs. And I'm like, wow. And I've, I grew up in Texas, so this is, for those of you who are not, this is, this is just part of our culture and life. I grew up hunting, hunting white-tailed deer. So I have, I have killed an animal, and I have butchered that animal. It is work. It's work. And I, I do that because then I fill my freezer with meat and feed my family with it. So it's, it's amazing. And it's free-range, organic, all the things, okay, before you start judging me. So, so, but like when you butcher an animal, it's work. Like you're finished and you're like, man, I'm, I'm tired. I have, that, that took time to like all the stuff, okay? And, and I read this and the Lord stopped me and he said, he said, son, if the old covenant Levites stewarded the blood of bulls and goats and lambs every morning and every evening, how much more should a new covenant believer, worshiper, steward the blood of my son. And he said, son, when you, when you let the blood of Jesus grow cold upon your hands and upon your heart, you lose touch with the love that was intended to flow through you in that sacrifice. See, the cross wasn't just once and for all, meaning, oh, it just stays there. The blood of Jesus can remain fresh upon your heart all the days of your life. And, and here's how you know the blood of Jesus has grown cold upon your hands and upon your heart is that you don't have faith. You struggle to believe that God loves you. You're not experiencing his love. And you manifest all the other things that, that people manifest when they're not living in the new covenant. Anxiety, depression, fear, worry, all the things is evidence that his blood has grown cold upon our hearts. That's not a condemnation. But there's a, there's a biblical prescription, I believe, to come back and go, okay, well, Peter, then how do I rightly, how do I rightly respond and experience this? And here's what I would, here's what I would just challenge you with, is if you're not daily dealing with the fact that the Son of God was crucified. Like, you just said, you just told me that you would have a few, some like unsettled emotions. Emotion, true, if you watched me butcher a lamb, you'd go, man, I'm, I'm, that's, that's troubling to me. Take God, a man, and witness that. And tell me there's not some sort of sobriety, some sort of something going on inside of you. How could you say, oh, I know that. Oh I, oh, I know that. I know he did that. I know you did that, but have you dealt with it? Sorry, we're just going in. You say, oh, I'm, oh, you killed the lamb. That troubles me. You shouldn't have done that. Okay, what about God himself? 
They take him by the, they take him by the hair. They, they beat him. They punch him. They put bruises. They inflict him. They put a crown of thorns. They, they whip him. The flesh comes off his back. And you go, oh, yeah, I know that. See, there's a, there's a sobriety in the sons and daughters of God who know how to feast and deal with the blood of Jesus in the cross of Christ. Because it never, you don't get past that. You don't get past watching someone endure the most, like, horrific crucifixion and murder. And you look at him and you're going, man, you're going through agony. Like, it's not a far-off thought. It's not, a, it's not some distant thing that he did that, that gave me a little token that I'm going to present when I get to the gates. It's an ever-present meal for my life every moment of my day. I'm going through hell. I'm going through this hard thing. I'm feeling afraid. But if I'm not aware of what he went through, I'm going to exalt what I'm going through, and I'm going to stay in what I'm going through and not receive the peace and the joy and the life that was meant to come to me through what he did. So what do we do? I suggest you prepare a sacrifice every morning and every evening. And in the new covenant, we don't have to kill anything anymore. Praise God. Amen. You vegans, praise God. But here's what, here's what we do have to do. And here's what, here's what our culture, what I'm saying to you right now, what I'm saying, this practical discipline that I'm submitting to you is probably the most important thing you could do in your Christian life. You may think that's an overstatement. Write it down. Write it down that I said it. I've said a lot of words. I've spent a lot of time speaking to you. This practice here could change your life. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to allow the reality of his death, the real pain, the real agony, the real love expressed on that cross to impact you every day, every morning and every evening. I'm, I'm asking to allow yourself to be impacted by it. Meaning that you don't, you, you remember that there was a real death. You remember that, oh, that's not pleasant. And in the unpleasantness, in the bitterness, there is a flow of God's spirit, his love, his affection that consumes every sin, every mess, every depravity, every wickedness, all of it. And the reason you say, well, how come I'm not, you know, how, I, I'm believing it. I'm doing all the things. No, 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 no. Here's how you know you're believing it. Is when you, when you sit and you behold and you remember what he did and you feel that same thing. It's a litmus test. Like, am I impacted emotionally by what happened? If you're not, stay there. You're not. The Holy Spirit will illuminate it to you. Here, uh, not to be graphic, not to be, but I have, I have had the most numb of hearts. And so I'm speaking to you as someone who has experienced numbness towards God. Numbness. And, and the Holy Spirit had to get radical with me to, to break up the numbness. And so I literally pictured, he, he walked me through the same thing. He said, son, what would you... What would you feel? What would you think if you saw someone right now? Because when I kill a deer, I'm still, I'm aware that a, a life's taken. I'm not, I'm not cold. You know what I mean? It's not a cold thing. It's like you're, it's not cold. You're, it's real. You can understand it. You can know that it's going to feed, but it's still real. Yeah. Same with the Levites. They, they would have killed the animal. They, it would, they were obeying God, but they weren't numb. They weren't cold to the fact that, and then that, and they put that thing on the fire and it would burn and, it was for the sins of the people. And man, like, 
We've got to get back to that place that we all know about intellectually, and we've got to learn how to let it impact us again. And the only way I've found to do that is to set aside time. Everyone say time. Time. So I may not every morning, every evening be getting a new revelation, a new, a new cool revelation that I can preach. But I found that my fruitfulness in ministry, the direct correlation is to how deeply I've been impacted by the cross. I, can't, I can never seem to exhaust the impact and the flow of divine love and spirit that flows from that moment. Every time I go and am impacted by it, there is a divine flow, hear me, a divine flow of God's spirit and grace into my life that causes things to happen in my day that are not connected or commensurate with how much work I'm doing. Open doors and breakthroughs and sound mindness and relationships and favor and blessing. Why? Because I'm submitting my life to the cross. And I'm, and I'm cherishing the blood of the Son by allowing it to impact my life. I, I'm worried and fearful that we in the church are just like, man, I want the next revelation. I want the next thing. We have, it, we have every revelation in your phone, in your pocket, on podcasts and iPhone and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. I'm telling you, you can get a lot cooler revelations than this right here. Ones that blow your mind, that people marvel at, that like at, that comment at, that, that get shared, that go viral, yet they don't have a lasting impact. Yeah. This that I'm telling you, and this, this, this assignment is more just an exercise. I'm submitting this to you. This won't be graded this week. But I'm submitting this to you that this practice, this, this exercise, cultivating this in your life. Ask yourself a question. If, if the Old Covenant Levites were... How many of you know if the Old Covenant Levite that's serving in the tabernacle, they're like, I don't feel like doing the lamb this morning. Okay. Deuces. Like, you're no longer a Levite. Like, you're out. Like, there's no... Back then, there was no option. It wasn't like, oh, you could... <laughs> God's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is not... You're either on my team or you're not. And if you're on my team and you're in the tab, this is how we're going to roll. Are y'all, y'all with me? Yeah. And so, like, as much as, like, again, grace will empower you to do this... I have not done this faithfully every morning and every evening. But when I started doing it, and when God stopped me with this, what it did was it started cultivating this thing inside of me. It started cultivating this, this attention, allowing myself to be impacted by it and not being numb and cold to it. And what was amazing is it's like, God's like, I don't want you to change the subject. I don't want you to move on to another revelation. I just want you to be impacted deeper by this one. Does this make sense? Any questions on this? So practically, Grant asked me this question, what do you do? Um, here's a way you can prepare a sacrifice. Uh, I'll make this super plain for you. You can even get a journal. You can Bible Gateway blood. Blood. And then if it's in Leviticus, if it's in Exodus, if it's in the New Covenant, doesn't matter. Just blood. <laughs> And then write the verse or two verses about the blood. Write it out longhand in your journal. 
and then pray it and sing it, sit with it, marinate in it. And then when you get to the end of that time, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, this is your sacrifice. Thank you. With gratitude in your heart, with a whole heart, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I don't have to kill a lamb tonight. Sometimes, it's, sometimes for me, it's that. Sometimes I get in my bed at night and I'm like, thank you, God, that you don't, I don't have to kill something tonight. That, you, that, that once and for all you died for me. As I'm, as I'm fading off to sleep, exhausted. <laughs> Thank you. And it counts. It's so true. This is a, this is a skill or an exercise that, that is cultivated with the exercise of your will. Meaning, there will be mornings and evenings where you don't feel like thanking God or remembering what He's done. That's okay. It, it's still valid if you remember and give him thanks. Does that make sense? Like, I guarantee you there's morning those Levites woke up and they're like, not again. Or they get, have a long day of work and they're like, I gotta, the things are running around, they're, they're not getting there, you know, they're, these lambs are wise up now, they're like, oh, Billy, <laughs> Billy's gone, <laughs> you know? And they know, and they're running, they're chasing them, you know, they're doing this number. You, you see, you don't, if you don't read the word that way, this is just a verse in Exodus. And sometimes we get all distracted in our days and we don't slow down and get calm and still enough to actually deal with the Son of God. And, and here's why I'm staying on this is because, man, I've got my heart is so full. It's so full. There's so many things I wish we had time. Like uh, one of the things I wanted to do this morning, I think maybe the review people are going to come and kick me out. So I'm, I'm kind of hurrying. But um, I wanted to, for you guys to throw out some things that maybe you're, you're, you're wrestling with, like stuff in your heart, your mind, and then help you practically, realistically connect those real-life issues that you're going through with all of this truth that we've been talking about. Because sometimes there's a disconnect. Do you all feel that? You're like, okay, well, this is true. Great. Thank you, Peter. But I'm over here, and I don't know how to get that truth into my life. And I want to I help you all do that. So can we, do we have any, any brave souls? Say, hey, this is an issue, this is a deal, this is something I want breakthrough in. Yeah. I want to be free from fear. Fear, okay. What else? We're, I'm going to put up a couple. I'm going to just throw up a couple of things that just a, like a polling of the class. Maybe it's something, maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone that you heard was going through something. <laughs> Anyone? Any you hear of people going through stuff? Yeah. Procrastination. Okay, this is so good. I should have done this a long time ago. Comparison. Hey oh. So I'm gonna do two things. Give me one more and then we'll we're gonna hit the five. Okay. My man. Okay. So <laughs> oh Jesus, help. This, we should have done this a long time ago. So we've been, I've been giving you all this truth and all this stuff, stuff, stuff. Okay, so what is it biblically that deals with fear? Okay, where is, where is the most intense, radical expression of love that we've ever seen and known? So, so it doesn't matter what the fear is. Perfect love drives it out. Perfect love was expressed on the cross. So then the big question goes, how do I deal with the cross? What I just said the first 15 minutes of this class. 
I'm equipping you to put your faith and to deal with the cross in the real. Here's my promise to you. You can take all my money. You can take all my possessions if this doesn't work. You can stone me if this doesn't work. If you, I'm not kidding. You come find me and get stones and chuck them at my head and I will let you. If, if you doing this, dealing with this cross doesn't eliminate fear, then God's a liar and I'm a liar. I'll put everything on this. I'm not messing around. I'm not like, this is not things that I hope is true. And I'm going to give you a little nugget. This is, I, this is concrete. This is everlasting and eternal. Fear has not a chance when it comes to dealing with the cross. Has not a chance. When you begin to just receive, a, I'm talking about a pinky flow ounce of grace flowing out of that thing. And you're like, oh my gosh, you love me. And, this, and, you're, and then the fear is like panic attack. Fear has a panic attack, and it goes seven ways. Amen? Amen? Okay, procrastination. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do inner healing, um, but he's coming back. So, so if you are struggling with procrastination, you're not living with a shot clock. You have no sense of, no sense of purpose, no sense of urgency, no sense of direction, no sense of... So, so if you're procrastinating, don't be like, oh, you, you, oh, you're just a procrastinator. No, you need grace not to procrastinate. Where does the grace come from? Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. There's a grace that will come to you as you hope in his return. So if you're struggling with procrastination, take 10, 15 minutes a day. And just, and with your mouth, Lord, the confession of my hope, Lord, I'm actually hoping in your return. And I thank you today that I'm going to live today. Every task, every relationship, every, everything I do is going to be in light of that day. You will watch procrastination be like, because why? You'll have a sense of awareness that today is unto a greater day. Control. Let me come back to that one. <laughs> Comparison. So there's practical wisdom that goes along. Let me, let me say this, and I don't have time to do this today. We'll maybe do this another day because I like this exercise. Y'all like this exercise. These are real issues, and this is the gospel truth, but there's a, something else called wisdom that flows in between all of these. Meaning, let me give a real extreme example. I don't know what the fear is that you mentioned. Let's, let's say something really stupid. Let's say your fear is like, like, just like night terrors and whatever, but you're watching horror movies. Wisdom would tell you, Don't do that. stop watching the horror movies and go to the cross. See, if you go to the cross, but you're still doing the thing that's yeah. producing the fear, right, yeah. right, yeah, you're not operating in wisdom. Now you're, now this is you're in contradiction. This is why wisdom flows alongside of the gospel truths, right? right. So we still need wisdom. Yeah. If, if, if I'm struggling uh, with my diet and I'm plowing pizzas and McDonald's and every day and I'm like claiming divine health, wisdom. they just go together. It's, they go together. So comparison, uh, I'll just, don't, don't hate me, don't stone me, but this is a fact. Like Kanye said, put the gram away. Get your family, hold hands and pray. 
This is one of the greatest catalysts in our day for comparison. This is a, this, this comparison feeds on this. Why? Highlight reel that you're consuming nonstop. And I'm just telling you, I don't care how strong, how anointed, how blessed you are. This can be a blessing because you can stay connected. I'm not telling you anything. I'm just saying, if this is an issue, look for this. Now, what's at the root of comparison? Insecurity. Okay. What is insecurity? Identity put where? Yeah, identity. Your identity placed upon something... It, comparison is about wanting and desiring you to be someplace that someone else is at. It's measure. It's really just measurement, right? Yeah. It's measuring them up and you down, or you or you up and them down. That's what comparison is. Because comparison is like, oh, I'm I'm here, they're there, or vice versa. I'm up here, they're down there. So it's either pride or something. Pride, false humility, insecurity, whatever. So. What do you think would be the remedy where, where the temptation to compare would kind of lose its luster? Yeah, but let's, let's think about the Messiah. Let's think about high priest. Let's think about the bridegroom. Let's think about, because down here we're talking about a gospel truth. Did he choose to die on the cross or did he have to? What was the joy set before him? Set before him that he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There was a joy in his heart that allowed him to endure the cross. What was the joy? Have you ever, have you ever sat at the cross and, and, and looked into his eyes and through his bloodied, bruised face, you see him crack a smile? He looks right at you with all of his pain and you look and you actually see and feel. He's like, you're my joy. I'm doing this because you're my joy. And you go, I'm your joy, you're my joy. You're my joy. Think about it. You're my joy. And then you come out and someone's posting with someone and someone's doing this and they're anointed and you're like, are you kidding me? I'm his joy. You walk in like there, you put that on Instagram. You walk around, you're like, I'm his joy. You can't take it from me. You can't take that look from me. You can't. You're going to take that look from me in secret, in faith, in the spirit. I'm coming alone with God on the cross. And he, and he cracks a smile through his bruised up face. He goes, you're my joy. You're going to take that from me? You're going to, I'm going to compare now with you? Are you kidding me? What? What could I have that's better than that? Some platform? Some opportunity? Some financial? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Those things pale in comparison to that, to that smile. And then from there, you start to look to him, and you're like, well, man, I wonder how he looks at me like as my priest and as my bridegroom. See, because he's, he's different. No, you can have, it's just a matter of where you place your trust. So you can allow someone to provoke you and go, man, I want what they have. But... You know you're comparing because you're left wanting. You feel empty. You're not content. It highlights what you don't have. And there's no hope of, of getting it. Okay? Um, he said, never will I leave or forsake you. 
So the remedy for loneliness is friendship within covenant. So I feast on what he did on the cross, but guess what? I actually, like, the Lord Jesus is my friend. He is alive. I'm actually friends with the living Jesus. Did you know that? (laughs) Friendship with him is real. Like, what your heart's longing for, listen, maybe let me flip it. I don't know who said loneliness. I forget. If you're experiencing loneliness, he's inviting you into friendship. You're not being tormented. He's actually giving you an invitation called, hey, I want a deeper friendship with you. You've known me as Savior. Now I want you to know me as friend. So practically, what does that look like? You take time and you realize, wow, Lord, you're alive. One day the Lord asked me, he said, son, I read uh, Hebrews 11. Uh, Anyone who comes to me must believe that I exist and that I reward those who diligently seek me. And I was going into a staff meeting in Upper Room, and the Lord said, Son, do you believe I exist? And I was like, well, yes, Lord. And he goes, well, what would you do in this meeting if, like, how would you be in this meeting if you thought I exist? And I pulled a chair up next to me. I said, well, Lord, I'd sit you right here next to me. No one knew what I was doing. I put my arm around him like this, just on the chair. And I'm like, I'm aware. I'm in the meeting, but I'm like, I believe he exists, right? Because to believe that he doesn't exist is to live my life unaware of him with me. But if I believe he exists, then I'm like, well, where is he? He's right here. He's with me. And y'all, y'all want to know something about prophecy? Prophecy from proximity. So I'm sitting there with him, and we're having the meeting, and Kevin said something, and, he, and the Lord, I'm, because I'm aware of the Lord, like, I'm like, it would be like I'm sitting next to Buzz, and what did you think about that? Like, I didn't ask him, but I looked at the Lord, and, he, and the Lord goes, Kevin should write a book about what he's talking about. He just kind of said it like he was part of the meeting, but he said it to me. And so I said it. I said, I said, Kevin, I said, I feel like the Lord's saying you need to write a book about that. And he goes, you're the fourth person that's told me that this month. And then I look at the Lord. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> he does it the whole meeting. He just starts talking to me about people. He's inserting himself in the meeting. But to me, instead of getting some prophetic word, download, vision, <laughs> Let me get it. I'm getting a vision. I'm friends with the Lord. Thus says the Lord, he's my friend. And I prophesy now out of proximity, out of friendship. This is how I prophesy now. I'll be sitting here. I'll be talking. He's with me. You know he's here, right? Y'all know that. And so when he's here, sometimes I'm looking at you and he's like talking to me. Y'all know that, right? Yeah. And, he's, and he's helping me understand what's going on in your heart, because I don't know what's going on in your heart. You know that, right? I have no, not a clue. I don't have the foggiest idea. But as I'm talking, I've learned. As I'm talking, I'm listening, and he's telling me what's going on in your heart, questions you have in your mind. And he helps me. Sometimes it feels like, why is he speaking right to me? It's because he's telling me what you're thinking. And helping me say to your thoughts and to your hearts what you're feeling and thinking. Because he loves you. Not because I'm super anointed. I don't have any anointing. Anointing is him. He's the anointed one. Isn't that good? So your loneliness, the remedy is friendship. A practical way 
is, are you doing the review? Okay, let me finish up. Um, the practical way is to just incorporate, ask the Lord silly questions about, about your life that you wouldn't otherwise think he would care about. Bring him into, bring him into your life. Lord, I'm enjoying this cup of coffee. Do you like coffee? Sounds funny, but it's how you cultivate a friendship with him. I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. For more resources, visit BraveheartMinistries.org.